2: This is all part of the long-term globalist strategy. So, But to get there, you've got to have the constant clash, the constant um, alchemical blending and mixing and smashing together right out of Manichaeanism to produce the convergence, to produce the synthesis. And that's what's crucial in all this and what is absolutely true from an alchemical, esoteric, philosophical, and geopolitical perspective the fact ruling elite seek to be post-human seem to think that there's like a political solution to man's problems and really the, the, the whole of modernity is built on this neo-pagan concept of political salvation and there is no political salvation for man because man's problems are not essentially political, uh, they're spiritual. Hierarchy of how man views himself in the world has been inverted. I've covered over and over and over the white papers that actually discussed how to invert and subvert that, changing images of man, things like this. So what has to happen is that that the the inversion has to be reverted back to the way it needs to be. And that means that first and foremost for man it is spiritual issues. Those come first. Then we have things like the philosophy and and the family and the social issues and things like that that comes next and race or ethnicity can be classed as part of that that is in other words you you caring for your people is just a Of this shit this whole time i didn't have the the damn thing on oh. <laughs> i was singing y'all i'm right. sorry I, I said some things i shouldn't have said i shouldn't have said it so it was good that the microphone was muted cuz y'all didn't hear me singing but basically i was saying sometimes the snow comes down the moon Sometimes the sun goes round the poop shoot Sometimes the peepee's in the poo. Sometimes it's all a big surprise. I see the passion in your eyes. Y'all remember that Vanessa Williams? Y'all remember that straight Vanessa? She was that Nubian princess, dog coming hot off the '90s Nubian princess, being put straight up. Cause she got jade eyeballs, right? Jade eyeballs, and you don't usually see, like maybe one, one in five Nubian princess got a jade eyeballs, but that's what got her that role, right? It got turned off, but then it got turned up up in here. All right, so y'all remember that Vanessa Williams? Right, she got that roll in eraser. Well, you got some you got a problem wrong on your test, boy? You got a problem, get that eraser out. Get that eraser out. Smoke your ass a damn stogie dog cuz like Arnold Dunn said it's all about them damn stogies, dog. So we're going to learn from Arnold tonight what them spec ops be up to. By the way, I think I'm kind of thinking Arnold. Arnold might have had some kind of spec op uh, kind of job. Y'all remember when Arnold went to Bilterberg? I do. I remember when Arnold was up at that Bilterberg meeting back in the day. So they done, uh, cloned him and put him in the damn re Relum- reluminati, dude. Sometimes the sun goes round. Because the song is about things being unnatural. So is that her unnatural love? What is that song about? Save the best for last. I know. I know you're all waiting for me to play that glorious clip. I know. I know your mindset. I know how you work. I know the ins and outs. I know your unnatural ways. Right? I know that you guys... Want to see the sun go around the moon? You want to see Nubian princesses with with green eyes? Well, you're going to see it tonight if you watch tonight's homework. Did you, between the time that I put this up (laughs) 30 minutes ago, (laughs) go do your homework and watch these movies? I hope you did. We do have some fun movies tonight, though. So, yeah, Sixth Day, Junior, Eraser, and Last Action Hero... I saw some crazy stuff in these that I didn't know. What is this? What is this? We got some newbies. We got some news. Yeah. Here we go. About to delete some of these fools. What do we want to do first? I think we'll do six days since I just watched it. But there sure is a lot of doubling and cloning and doubles and alters throughout Arnold movies. It's like all the time. And Arnold hasn't done that many. I mean, he's not into, you know, Nicolas Cage realm where he's done, you know, 170 movies or something crazy. Right. A mental breakdown. Dude, we do the same shit every time. We got a bunch of noobs here. So, like, the normal audience is all gone tonight. And we got all these noobs that don't know good. Is he having a mental breakdown? Is he having a mental breakdown? Let's see. Is this person having a mental breakdown? What is happening? No, I'm singing. you never been to? You've never been here. So, you don't even know. The Trump admitted. Okay, so here, what we got? Like, democrats in the chat <laughs> okay oh uh, yeah see you later dude good job trying to mess up my flow dude i've been ever since i've been can't remember i've been popping my color popping my color ever since i can't remember i've been these in they in my bang see you see what i did there see what i did there i censored my own rap you call me Juicy J. I can live time censor. Yeah, yep. They're they're gone. They don't even know what they're doing. They don't even know where they are. They don't know what's going on. They think the sun goes round the moon. And that's just a joke, all you geocentric creeps. Well, shout out to my geocentric creeps. Sixth day is about cloning. I don't believe cloning is what they say. All right. I know you want it. You'll get it. Okay, fine. You'll get it. You'll get it. Don't worry. You're going to get the Stogie's clip because that's all you, that's all anybody came to see was the Stogie's clip. But actually what's more interesting than the cloning is all of the instances in this film of the predictive type stuff, right? So it's set around our time. It doesn't exactly say when it is. But it's set around maybe 2030. Because there's still some things that we have that haven't gone away yet. And this movie did get some things wrong. right? So they got a shopping mall with 1,200 stores. I'm sorry, dude. But the shopping mall is dead. (laughs) Uh, This movie wasn't paying attention to Amazon. There ain't no more shopping malls in the year 2030. But... Before we get to that, it opens with Genesis 127 about creation. And so immediately we have the, the the mythology that man is going to become God, right? If man can achieve cloning, then man will have the divine power. He will essentially be God. He will be able to create an, a creature in his own image, right? God creates man in his image. If man can attain to cloning, right, then then we're going to have we'll have a problem. We have a little bit of a tit for tat square off with the creator cuz man's going to try to become the creator. And this movie cites Dolly, the news. Remember the news about Dolly? Well, I went and read about Dolly and that other uh that other damn retard mouse that was growing a ear out of his back. That's a bunch of bull, dude. Go read about it. The mouse wasn't growing an ear out of his back. They put ear underneath his skin and said, Oh, shit, dude, we done grown an ear out of a mouse. Y'all hear that? Squeak,
1: squeak, squeak,
2: squeak. You hear that? That's the squeak of science. That's the squeak of soy. We've done it. We've done it. We've cloned an ear on a mouse. <laughs> well, And they're like, well, but uh, the cartilage continued to grow underneath the mouse. So technically it was an ear growing out of a mouse. And I think it's the same malarkey, right? Come on, man. It's the same malarkey. Come on, man. With Dolly. Not Dollywood, right? I mean, the the growths related to Dollywood are as fake as the growths related to Dolly. I don't buy Dolly. I don't believe it. And you say, How can you not be a science lover, you damned fundamentalist freak? And I say, Have you looked at how often science has been caught in fraudery? Have you seen The Lancet mentioning the fact that up to 50% of science papers are not only Non reproducible, but also in fact fraudulent. Have you seen Ro Jogan doing all them uh, interviewing them dudes a couple years ago that were putting out all them fake science papers about gay dogs and discrimination at the dog park? I, I remember that. That was that was some funny stuff, but all them papers got published, dude. Did you know that? So science is essentially propaganda that's what you gotta understand here and that's why i don't believe dolly dude 1997 oh we clone and then you go and you read about what they're claiming is the cloned pig the cloned sheep and it's like well when we took the embryo and when we grew it there was uh like 97% similarity between the original cells, or it's just something like this. It's like, oh wait, so that's the criteria is that some of the original cells or something like this were similar? Oh, come on, if that's the criteria, then freaking anything. I mean, all humans are clones because we have like a large degree of similarity, right? I mean, there's isn't there some high degree of DNA similarity between uh. Monkeys and lizards and humans. Oh, dude, we're all clones, bro. We're all lizards, dude. Oh, my science just blew my mind, dude. We're all clones. We're all lizards and monkeys at once. We're all Joe Rogan. Oh, we are just clone freaking lizards. Mon- cloned lizard monkeys. On a rock spaceship flying sixty a thousand miles an hour through the universe, with nothing signifying sound and fury, dude, mind blown, right? That's what we're supposed to think is this grand explanatory narrative. Welcome, everybody. You're listening to the Mental Breakdown Hour with your boy Lil' Madness, right? I got a new name. I used to be a young boomer, but uh, a lot of them Bay Area rappers started coming after me when I started talking about Vanessa Williams being Nubian Princess. So y'all got like a, I got like 25 Bay Area rappers teamed up with little aides coming after me. So I had to change my uh I had to change my game a little bit. So now you see now you see me wearing you see me wearing that mafia style. Now so I had to make a little uh alliance with my boy Tony. Y'all know Tony. Uh my boy Tony Tony S. And his boys Polly and Chris so all the Bay Area rappers take note um anyway I'm going way off track here Dolly the movie starts with Genesis 127 and Dolly <laughs> and what is this a, a, from 2000 right so this is a year 2000 movie uh yeah, I don't I'm not buying it now maybe they are cloning I don't know I don't I just you just, you never know with these wild science tales, right? I mean, the science and the science fiction is indistinguishable now. You just don't know. Right? Uh, we see then a football field. We see uh, the, the future of sports. It's And they've integrated the tech and people are wearing visors and the players can, you know, do the Terminator Google glasses thing. And all. It's, I don't think that would ever come into Football, because one thing this movie missed was toxic masculinity. This movie has not dealt with the toxic masculinity, which would not be allowed in the future. And so, uh, Demolition Man is actually a better version of the future in that regard. There's too much toxic masculinity in this future. Uh, Then we find out that Johnny Phoenix, a famous football player has injured himself and his corporate owners who I guess own this, it's whatever this XFL football team or whatever it is. They uh, dispense with Johnny Phoenix, Johnny Phoenix, Johnny Phoenix. What a name. Now you can tell his name is significant. The Phoenix, of course, resurrection. And from the, uh, scientism, worldview perspective which is in one sense the I think there's an outer portico of science religion the scientism right this kind of uh Neil McGrassie uh Donk Tyson out here in the outer sphere portico they worship scientism right the dude bros they look over to bro Rogan Ro Jogan, and then there's an inner core an inner party that are the sort of Luciferian elite. right? That's I've been saying this for a long time. That's what I think is really going on with. Most scientism, religion. And. You can see. In this movie. That there's like this outer sphere. Of the whole cloning stuff. Where people think. Oh we're going to clone our freaking pets dude. We're going to clone Spot. We're going to clone. Snaky the snake. And Squirrely the dog. When. He dies and it's going to be so rad because we can clone him. And oh, by the way, you can get a Sim girlfriend and you can get a Sim doll. And that doll was creepy. I think the creepiest thing in this movie is a doll. Remember that doll? Everybody remembers the doll. Uh, the best of all the Arnold lines before I move to the doll or to the Sim stuff is when he hops in the car, the self-driving car, What's up with self-driving cars in every Arnold movie, right? I mean, Total Recall, Sixth Day. Arnold was uh, ahead of the game when it came to these self-driving cars. I mean, he, this is back to the 80s, 90s. He hops in the self-driving car, and Michael Rappaport looks at him, who plays the beta tech nerd, and he, he says, What took you so long? And Arnold says, I had the breakfast of the champions today. I had the breakfast of the champions today. I mean, I mean, it's not an ad for cornflakes or post toasties or whatever the special K, uh, whatever that cereal is. I mean, it's just a bizarre. It doesn't. It's not funny. It doesn't make sense. But there's something about Arnold that he can just say lines, and he probably adlibs all. I mean, maybe he's actually this zany of a character. He can just say these things, and they're they're funny because, and that I don't even know why they're funny. Right? It doesn't really make sense. He just says them. And you'll notice, you'll pick up on this. I've been reviewing a lot of Arnold films, and you'll start to pick up on these sort of random things he says that. He's not eating. I don't even think he's eating Wheaties. He just says, "I had the breakfast of the champions today," and he does this smile. And he all like if you pay attention, when Arnold smiles, he has a little bit of slow boy in him. I'm serious. He's got a little. He looks a little bit of um, a little bit of that, a little bit of that DS. You know, to to quote our boy Theo Vaughn. You know, got a little bit of that DS. Got a little taste, a little drop of that DS in him. Uh, and you'll notice that when you watch Arnold smile. If you doubt me, go watch. But but what, they're always cloning Arnold. They always want to clone and double Arnold, mimic Arnold. I guess I guess the the thinking in the the eighties and nineties was. Arnold is like the representative of peak masculinity. I mean, is that the thinking process of like, well, if they were going to clone people, they would pick, you know, the bodybuilder guy or something? I, I don't know, but I'm guessing that, that that's why. Oh, yeah. Uh, who are we going to clone? Right. A bunch of scientists sitting around. Uh, Arnold, right. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> that's who we're going to clone. Yeah. Um, but he just says these lines. Michael Rappaport plays the uh, nerd. Now, interesting point about the Rappaport character is that he's the AI. He's the tech nerd that works with Arnold at an extreme sports outfit. I'm not really sure what they do. They do helicopter, jet helicopter, whatever that thing is. uh, Exhibitions and flights. And Michael Rappaport is like his co-guy and he... And Arnold's literally coaching him on how to be a man. Like, he's like, you stick your chest out. Put your chest out to be the man like I am. You need to be more of a man. You want to be the masculine. Right? And he's constantly telling him what to do. And this, this and one other aspect of this movie are spot on, which is that the men in the future, you'll notice there's only one other masculine person in the film other than Arnold, uh, which is the, is uh, it Terry Crews? In the the black dude who's the, the assassin. Uh, Michael Rapport has a relationship with his iOS. Yes, it says that in the film. He is in a relationship with his operating system in his house. And if you remember, I know uh, uh, aides in the chat remembers in Blade Runner 2045. Ryan... Bryant Gosling Gots- got got a relationship with his iOS, right? Remember that? Bryant Gosling got a relationship with his iOS. Who is that French chick? I forget her name. Well, this is already in this movie. It's just like that. And Michael Rappaport's like, yo, give me a beer, bitch. Yo, I'm home. Uh, load up my damn uh, uh, Xbox, bitch. You know, this kind of stuff. And she looks like I don't know Ellie McPherson or something. I don't know who it is, but and Arnold calls him on it. Arnold's like, "You have the relationship with the with operating system. <laughs> Why don't you get a real girl?" All right, he calls him on it. So Arnold is like the remnant of normal humanity and masculinity in this near future twenty thirty ish dystopia, right? And everyone around him is giving into it. All right, so this is the interesting element. Ultimately, this movie gets dumb, but these are the interesting elements. And we find out that it's all about simulation, right? This part's good. This is the, the insightful aspect of the film. And Repet, his daughter sees this ad for Repet, which is the cloning of the pets. And Arnold's talking to her, my daughter wants to get the pets cloned. Don't you think this is weird? Don't you think this is unnatural? <laughs> Zurian and he even says, do just want to smoke a stogie, right? He says this in the movie. So if you want to get an idea of Arnold's ad libbing. Arnold, ad lib for us.
3: Because after dinner, everyone ought to have a cigar. So I tried it. Well, the rest is history. I'm still smoking stogies. I love it. And he introduced me to something really good. And I know now the next question.
2: Knowing you, knowing you, uh, being uh, the interviewer that you are, the interviewer that you digging are, deep all the time, digging it deeper all the time. When very unnatural. Peeing the poo poo. Let
3: me ask you something. Let me ask you something.
2: When, when my wife's father, my wife's father has, introduced me, has stogies, introduced me to stogies. What is she going to say? She's
3: not going to say my father made a mistake because her father never smoked. What is makes she going say? So therefore, it's okay. So therefore, it is okay. So I can smoke stogies in my house. In my house? Smoke, because her father introduced me to stogies. Her father and stogies. Of, because I'm a stud. I'm, I'm bossy. I don't, take no, you don't take no shit. from anyone. I, I from anyone.
2: smoke my stogies. I smoke I want. And <laughs> I, don't I, have I want. To find a place. Like you. Like you. <laughs> <laughs> Except that now Arnold is a fucking vegan. Exactly. Did you know that he's a fucking vegan? Did you know? <laughs> I don't have to eat no animal products from you. Oh no I'm I'm cooked now oh. Hey primal! Hey Primal Hey Primal When your daddy when your daddy and your mom may tell you to eat the meat What you do? Do you run to your bedroom? Do you run to your bedroom and hide underneath the bedroom? Do you hide underneath the bedroom in your boomer apartment? And your apartment made a mud hut? Did the boomers help you make the mud hut? Hey Primal, are you there? You're supposed to be the one to read the stories about the beers to go shopping. (laughs) The breakfast of the champions. By the way, who actually believes that any of these people are following this dumb vegan diet? Right? Come on. They get paid zillions of dollars to promote the vegan diet, just to eat the plant, right? Don't eat the flesh. Don't be the serial killer. Don't be the serial killer we got one of the blue check marks in the chat. The name of the... Ma- is your metam? Don't... Don't eat the... Don't be the serial killer. Unless you want to eat the serial killer. Then you can eat the serial killer. Then you can eat the killer. But in, in the meantime, just be the vegan and make yourself the little weak man. Anyway. Just eat the stogies. <laughs> Are you hungry? You start do you need something to eat in the middle of the virus? Go and eat the stogies. Here, I will send you. I will send you a, an entire package of stogies within the hot dog bun. Would you just eat the stogies in the hot dog bun? Look at the little, uh, the little ran away. The little primal ran away. He's not handsome. The only two hand, the two handsome people on the internet. He's n- not primal edge out, but it is uh, also uh, Jay, right, and me, Arnold. Yes, Arnold promotes veganism. So, where where maybe they cloned Arnold and they replaced him with his weird vegan soy replacement. Oh, I just blew your mind right there. So Arnold's been replaced by this weird Boomer vegan clone character, and this is what the movie was telling us all along. By the way, you can support the show by super chats, and you will get me, famous e celeb, uh, reading and responding to your super chat. I'm, um, oh, the other thing, the other thing, the other thing this movie got right was purple hair freaks. Everybody who is not part of the Assassin... No, actually, all the Assassins have purple hair. Green hair. Except for the black dude. Uh, and the rest of society is a bunch of purple hair freaks. And next interesting point... Oh, by the way, did you notice that when Arnold gets out of his uh, Johnny Cab, he pays with his biometric thumbprint. So they have a credit score and they pay with biometrics. Everybody uses uh, FaceTime Skype in this movie. This is what, 2000, 2001, 2002. And next interesting line is that the corporate elitist guy, the Drucker guy who wants to institute the cloning. Uh, Drucker says, look, yeah, the repets operation. And he gets asked this question. He says, yes, I own Repets, and it, it operates at a loss, and we find out that it operates at a loss to condition everybody to the idea of human cloning, Right? because the film started off by saying that human cloning is illegal. So he points out that, oh, yeah, but I'm going to get everybody used to the idea by uh, cloning their pets. And so we find out that, in fact, this is a dystopia. The future is biometric. You have to pay for everything with biometrics. Uh, There's a gigantic degenerate uh, freak mall. There won't be malls in 20, 30 years from now. Uh, You can order synthetic friends and lovers. Uh, Arnold meets Arnold again which is uh, last action hero. This is not also in total, total recall, some aspect of two Arnold's too. Yes. Arnold's talking to Arnold with the, the uh, message from Arnold to Arnold. <laughs> Remember, <laughs> get ass to moss, Get ass to moss, Get ass to So Arnold <laughs> meets Arnold. Hey, You're not me. I am me. No, I'm you. You're me. (laughs) And they have this debate, right? Who wins this debate, by the way? Arnold or Sim Arnold? Well, it's actually a transcendental argument for Arnold. It's the TAA, right? The presuppositional argument for the existence of Arnold. All Arnold's presuppose the existence of the clone Arnold. Boom, just blew your mind. Uh, did you notice the virtual AI lawyer and the virtual AI psychiatrist? Get to ask them I thought that was interesting. So not only do you get virtual AI lovers, you get virtual AI lawyers and psychiatrists. And the psychiatrist is uh, the German. Tell me about Jafaza. You haven't said anything about Jafaza. Right? And then Arnold's like, shut up! That's another line that you will say. Arnold, he has to ad lib, like they told him that acting was arranged a between talking woodenly and yelling. <laughs> so acting is those two things. Uh, you can improvise by choosing when you want to yell or just say the words. So you get those two types of Arnold. And the best is when he yells. Usually some phrase or a variation of, a, of, of the same phrase in every movie. Such as, get down! Put your head down! Get down now! Right? Those three. Or oh, shit! Shit! Or Bullshit! Some of the staples in the Arnold improv repertoire. Cloning is said to represent immortality. Um, They have the ability, according to Robert Duvall, to clone within two hours. Insta-clone, bitch. Got an instant clone of you. And the way... I'm not exactly sure how this is supposed to logically follow. But when they take a picture of your mind... Okay. When you die or you get killed... The clone of you, which is not just the DNA, it's also some kind of like picture DARPA type tech thing where they take a picture of your your brain that also has to be recreated, but that's not you, dummy. Right? This is the fallacy of all this kind of uh, transhumanist uh, stuff: is that the recording of me is not me? Okay. When this processes and tomorrow all you nerds that are not watching tonight and supporting the stream when you're watching it tomorrow you're seeing the replay of this what you are watching is not me I'm not me you're not me you're not watching me (laughs) you're watching the recording of me so who would even I mean it who could be so dumb as to believe that the recording of you is you and that's what really doesn't make sense in this movie is when they wake up in the
0: copy clone. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming.
4: working together to keep our country and community safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers.
2: ...machine, they remember themselves and their past. But you wouldn't be me or you if you were a copy of me or you. It doesn't make sense. But the idea is that when they take the picture of your mind, it also records all of your past. Right? This this uh, newfangled magic machine they have that Arnold puts his face in—that's you know the, the cover of the movie. But as you can see, uh, herein lies the fallacy of all transhumanist presuppositions, which is that a copy of a thing is identical to the thing. No, sorry. Taking a picture of my mind is not identical to my mind. This is really stupid. Um, so that's really the, the main points. Let's see if I missed anything. Uh, Arnold sees Arnold, as we said, uh, the, the, other Arnold is sleeping with his wife. And so even though this isn't about uh, alters and MKUltra, there is an MKUltra element to this where Arnold is once again involved in a doubling, right? There's all there's alternate multiple identity Arnold. You're not me. Who is me? You're me. I am you. We are we. We are Joe Rogan, right? And he complains to Michael Rappaport, right? He's even smoking my snow. He's even smoking the stogies that are mine. Oh, the other reveal, uh, which is similar to the island. Michael Bay, maybe. By the way, did you see the new Michael Bay trailer? Uh, hello. Did Did anyone ever doubt me on movies predicting the future? If you did, go watch the new Michael Bay trailer. And come apologize. You can bring your apologies to me now. I will send you one stogie hot dog. You can eat the stogies not to be vegan. And you can apologize to me now. To my face. Through the screens. Even though the screen is not me. But you are not me. I am me and you are you. And we are all together. Um... Oh, the elites are cloning themselves. That's the big reveal here, right? So the junior's coming up. So oh, shocker, even though it was outlawed, we find out, oh, the elites have already been cloning themselves. And of course, the bad guy himself is a clone. And the bad guy says, yes, haha. The plan all along was to clone and intentionally put a expiration date inside the clones. To treat the people like the, the spoiled milk. You're treating the people like the spoiled milk. Come on, Corhagan. Give the people the air. <laughs> that's another that's another one of the great lines. Hey, Corhagan. Give the people the air. The people demand the air. The people demand the air. Corhagan. Give the people the air. Bullshit. And so. Expiration dates for humans. And of course, if you uh, the scientism luciferian elite did obtain the power to clone, well, of course they would set expiration dates. And by the way, they wouldn't clone you. You think any of the the chance the chance to humanism? You think any of that is for the masses and the normies? No, it's not for you. Duh, you're not going to be cloned. You're going to get cloned and. You're going to get cloned and merged into a human centipede janitor creature. You'd be like a giant blob janitor. Like you and like 20 other people like back to back all. And you just have the ability to like mop shit, right? You'd be a giant, I don't know, John Carpenter blob creation clone of 20 people in a blob together that just kind of walks around mopping shit, you know, or coding like you're a you're a 20 person human centipede that does coding or something that's what you could get cloned <laughs> to, to do if, if there were if there were elite cloning in the next 30 years you think gil bates wants you to uh get a new fresh body that's some fresh dapper gear dog you think gil bates oh give this man a new dapper body i want him to be dapper dan uh, give him a nice long uh, male member, allow him to uh, recreate. No, uh-uh. you think Gil Bates, Gil, Gil Bates are going to give you a, a teeny, teeny pee-pee weenie and not let you? Give him a tiny uh, micro ween and make it so that uh, it doesn't ever do anything. Uh, it just has to sit there uh, like a little pimple on a log. And uh, he can go be a janitor in my new balance factory. Right. That's what you get when the elite obtain cloning. Duh. And everybody else is like, oh, dude, it's going to be f- badass when I can get a clone, dude. Yo, I'm going to order my clone to have a damn 20-foot penis, dude. You could put that shit, uh, just order it online. Like, what you want? your. I want my clone body to have like, based traps, dude, I'm gonna have trap muscles out here, dude, uh, and then I'm gonna have, like, uh, blue eyes, and, uh, I'm gonna give him damn white teeth, though, uh, and then I'm gonna give, uh, him, like, 17 fingers, just to be weird, dude, and then I'm gonna give him, uh, uh, like, web toes, so he could swim real good, and a damn 20-foot penis, dude, because I could get all I want with that, bro. Bro, it's going to be badass when we could clone people and genetically manipulate. Like, that's going to be like that. Are you serious? How dumb are you? That's what people think, though. They think, oh, yeah, dude. But, clone, dude. <laughs> <laughs> clone, shlone, dude. <laughs> but no. In fact, as Drucker says, playing the Illuminist Psychoscientist. We will clone everybody to have a limited lifespan and they will just die when they, I don't know, two years. You're, you're expired, dude. You're expired. You aspire, dude. Now, uh, again, Arnold is no stranger to these very predictive science movies. Uh, but I will give Arnold a shout out because I read a bunch of articles on Arnold before doing this goofy stream. And I, I read that he was actually uh, really smart about his business practices. When he won his body, whatever, oily body competition thing, and he got, I don't know, $200,000 back in the day, back in the 70s or whatever. So he moved to LA and he took all of his oily body award money and he bought apartments and he lived in an apartment and then he had like three other units, right? So he could go and, you know, fix everybody's stogies and paint the walls or whatever he did. And then when he made some money from that, he bought another apartment complex of like eight units. And then he basically built it up to a hundred units before he'd been in any movies, so Arnold was already a business savvy person from owning apartments and property from the Oily body Award. And then what he did was, he, after he realized that he wasn't making the kind of money he thought he would make, being the movie star. So what he did was he said, instead of an upfront payment, so this is after he'd done a few of the big hits, right? And he made a few million dollars from the first few hits, but he he said, you know what? Now I want to start asking for a percentage of the movie. And that was a smart thing for Arnold to do because the movies ended up making a lot more afterwards. And he ended up making a lot more that way. And at the same time, the studios were happy to do that because they didn't have to pay as much upfront. So it was kind of a thing that worked out for everybody. So him and Danny DeVito and Ivan Reitman, Made a bunch of money on uh, twins and junior, basically, is how this worked out. So, actually, Arnold made more money, I think, for one of those two, junior or twins, I forget, uh, than he did from, like, Terminator 1 or Conan, which is interesting. So, uh, there's you a little bit of life wisdom from... Mr. Stogie himself, invest if you can in things like real estate. Uh, And by the way, I don't have twins on this list. We'll hit it next time. Uh, I've not yet seen, I just started it last night and I fell asleep. Not because it was bad, but it was late. Uh, Raw deal. And then there's red heat and twins. Now I have, I, I don't know how or why, but I never watched twins in the in the eighties or nineties whenever I never watched that I never watched Junior. So these are new to me. Can't watch everything. (laughs) Excuse me. Uh but Arnold is like why is he always placed in these genetic issue movies. It's just weird. So you got Junior, you got uh Sixth Day, Total Recall, and Twins. And they're all dealing with the theme of genetic engineering. Uh, Terminator also deals with that. Transhumanism, genetic engineering, sci-fi. So basically there's always these uh, elements in the Arnold movies. And Arnold is a really interesting character. And as we see in Eraser, now remember with Ben Affleck, remember with... uh, some other famous characters that we've seen from the Hollywood scene. They seem to probably have been or are working with some intelligence capacity agencies, right? We've seen ample evidence of that. I wrote, I wrote two books on it, by the way. If you've not read uh, these two winners, be sure and go read those. Those are some key winners there. Now I know most of the nerds in this audience have read my Nobel laureate for journalism, literature, works, Esoteric Hollywood 1 and 2. By the way, I meant to I meant to bring up Running Man. We got the Running Man too. And I gotta find it. Because Running Man is in this analysis as well. Dang it. But uh yeah, Arnold is always in these types of movies. Now, Junior doesn't have a whole lot of stuff to analyze, but it's worth bringing to the. What am I doing? Look for uh, Running Man. Writing man. Schwarzenegger. Arnold. <laughs> Schwarzenegger. A. Is that him? Or is that a different person? <laughs> No, the, half the audience is going to leave now because I'm trying to find this. Maybe it's in my second book. I don't even remember what I put in what book. But let's see where you at. Come on, Arnold. But he loves those genetic alteration movies, doesn't he? He's he's such a weird character. Here we go. Three forty-six. There's a reason for this. I'm going to show you something. Did you know how Running Man starts? You know what year it is in Running Man? It's by 2017, bad things happen in America. Interesting. All right, I just had to find that. So thank you for your patience. So Arnold is uh, your typical guy who is a scientist... Yeah. yeah, that's believable. Right. Uh, bodybuilding scientist. And he's afraid of having babies. The baby in the nightmare. The baby in the nightmare. And he works at a fertility clinic. Here we go again. He's a, he's a genetic scientist at a fertility clinic. Uh, Danny DeVito, his... Comrade in Twins is a fellow doctor. And they are doing fertility drug tests on human DNA. And of course, as you can imagine, Emma, what's-her-face, ends up being the unwitting donor to Arnold getting pregnant. Male pregnancy. And this is being done as a secret experiment. (laughs) at a biotech lab at the University of Berkeley in San Francisco. So, that alone is like, whoa, dude. Now remember, this is what this is 90s, so this is 96, 567 somewhere in there. All in this movie and it's there's a whole sequence which I can't put into words where Arnold is at the maternity getaway and he has to go undercover as a woman. <laughs> and there's a, there's a, a montage, <laughs> which by the way, junior is not actually that funny of a movie. Uh, it's a weird concept. It doesn't really hold up as funny. There's a couple lines where when Arnold is, uh, Feeling his estrogen, and he has to take estrogen right to to have the baby. There's a couple lines where Arnold says some funny things. Feel the feel the softness of my skin. All right, that one that's that's funny. But uh, the only thing funny about the movie is the unintentionally bad funny sequence at the maternity getaway where Arnold is undercover as a woman. And you have to watch this sequence. To understand what I mean. You don't even have to watch the movie. This sequence itself is one of the funniest, bizarre things that you will see. I mean, it's cringe funny. Like, whoa, dude. What the heck? Uh, if you're watching this later, I'll try to put the clip. I'm sure it's a clip. It has to be a clip. Just like Jingle All The Way with this, the Santa Clauses is its own clip. Uh, This has to be a clip that everyone remembers from this movie. And again, I've never seen it. This is new to me. (laughs) Uh, So what do they do? They're testing Big Pharma on unwitting members of the population. Where have we heard this? Where have we heard this? Oh, perhaps this movie is talking about the future. Do you know what movie Danny DeVito then went on to produce? Gattaca. What's Gattaca about? Genetics. I mean G A T A C C A that is the letters in the sequence for the genome. Anyway, long story short, it's a breeding program. Maybe Arnold I'm starting to wonder like was Arnold perhaps part of MK Ultra and he didn't know. Or maybe, I don't know. And perhaps he was part of some kind of breeding program. By the way, we have seen that the breeding programs are real. It has come out uh, in regard to certain characters in the news lately. In the last couple years. <laughs> and so, yeah. Um, you can guess what I'm talking about when this movie talks about... Now, the key sequence, again, was when he's at... The maternity getaway, I don't know what it is, some weird facility in California where they take moms and they make it like, if you're pregnant, here's go go stay at this uh, bed and breakfast place. I don't know what this is, but I guess this exists in California. And this woman at the center gives a lecture in the montage. I think it's around the time of the crazy montage I'm talking about. And she says, what we've learned is that there are no Naturals. There is no such thing as nature. There you go. Now, I've been talking about that for a long time, right? That's the philosophy that underlies a lot of this illuminist stuff where we are today. So, uh, I'm going to give Junior. Um, I, I don't. I don't know. I can't recommend Junior, but it's worth watching. For, for some of the things relating to where we are now. <laughs> uh, it's not that funny of a movie, though. If you want an un- unintentionally funny movie, go watch Jingle All The Way. All right, so next uh, is Eraser, 1996. Uh, another one of these. So Arnold is in Spec Ops, again. Uh, this is a special operations unit where Arnold plays a ghost involved in hiding people in WITSEC, or Witness protection security so the opening sequence is Arnold working to save a mobster who had uh, informed on Tony I don't know they it's ironic they say Tony it's not Tony Soprano but you could imagine maybe it is I mean th- there is a the very Sopranos element to this although this is prior to the Sopranos with this character and uh, his role at the end which is really goofy but now, Eraser was not as bad as I thought it was going to be reviewing it. I had not seen this since 1996 in the theater. Uh, collateral damage is really bad. All right? It's almost unwatchable. Eraser was watchable. All right? I mean, it's 90s and cheesy, but uh, not terrible for a 90s action movie. If you're in the mood.
4: Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol.
5: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No
2: purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. For a ridiculous 90s action movie, Eraser is not bad. Um, but be prepared for a bunch of absurdity. But if that's what you're looking for, that's what you'll get. Now, collateral damage is not even watchable. However, did you know that collateral damage was postponed in its release because of its similarity in terms of T-E-R-R-O-R events and the Big Nine. Yes, go look it up. Collateral damage was delayed because it has as its plot. It was going to come out like right at the Nine event, dude. And they were like, oh, this is not appropriate. Put this movie off for a few months. And I, they might have even reshot some scenes and changed something. Oh, this is just too eerie. Whoa, how could it be that a movie has something so similar? To, now again, remember True Lies and Eraser? Two movies that are going to include the theme of international terror. This is not yet the period when we've entered into the international war on t. And yet here we are being told in the fiction, especially in true lies. Now uh, I did mention true lies in a previous podcast and we covered a little bit of it. So I'm not going to go into true lies tonight, but we'll do another stream with some of the Arnold's that we haven't done that, that are pretty good. We'll do twins. We'll do true lies. We'll do um, some of the eighties ones that I'm just now getting to like uh raw deal. No one gives Schwarzenegger a raw deal. Go watch the trailer. But remember the, you know, every decade has the trailer guy with that voice in a world, right? So the 90s guy is not the 80s guy. This is a previous guy who had really, you know, like freaking Viceroy cigarette, Doral. I got a damn Virginia Slim Doral voice. Nobody gives Schwarzenegger a raw deal. Watch that trailer. That's exactly how that dude talks, right? Not the 90s guy, the 80s guy. Everybody knows the 90s guy voice, right? Even the comedians used to do his voice. The guy before him, though, is like a uh, damn. He's like the personification of Doral cigarettes, right? That's what your uncle smokes, right? When he's telling dirty jokes, right? Your damn dirty joke uncle smoking them damn Dorals. Three titties. Three titties and a rabbi and a priest walk into a bar. (laughs) That's your Doral uncle telling dirty jokes, get it? What do you get when three titties walk into a bar? A priest and a rabbi. (laughs) Everybody talks about dad jokes. Don't forget uncle jokes, right? Your uncle's over there with a Doral talking about titties walking into a bar and having an argument with a priest and a rabbi. And then some nasty shit that comes out of that somehow. I don't know, but that's what your uncle—that's your uncle's jokes, dude. Don't tell me it's not, because I know you got an uncle. Unless you were born in a test tube, you were born in the test tube. Many of you out there with a the little weak boy's born in the test tubes. We got a few super chats tonight. We got Val, Val Kilmer himself chatted me a dollar and a penny. Now Val, come on. You got how much money for being freaking mad martigan? And you're going to give me a penny? A dollar and a penny? Come on, Val. What's up with that? Val's got to have them Valiums. Come on, Val. We want the best for you around here, Val. Don't be a Val killjoy. A dollar and a penny? You got... I've seen your houses in Architectural Digest. Val? You got... Freaking island villas come on you got oh, probably own of an island you own that damn castle that willow got all witched up in tell me mad martigan's going to give me going to give me one coin out of his treasure chest come on you're the greatest swordsman that's ever lived val <laughs> come on i'm the greatest swordsman that's ever lived
5: Willow, Willow, you are great, Mad mother gang. (laughs) Peck, 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 peck,
2: peck, 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 peck. Come on now, admit it, I do good at impersonations. Come on, admit it, can do some. Where we at, eraser. Sometimes the sun goes round the moon. I didn't even remember that Vanessa Williams had done had a hit. She had a huge one uh, single. Remember that awful song they played on the radio nonstop. And you remember that she had some uh, booby photos that she had been in to the Playboy, and her boobies got seen, and they took away her Donald Trump award. Right? Do you remember Vanessa Williams won? Donald Trump pageant award and then they took it away cuz her boobies have been in Playboy. I didn't I had forgot all that from the 90s. Anyway, but Vanessa, right, works for a big defense company. Private defense firm. And by the way, I can tell you this, in every I will tell you this. <laughs> I will tell you this in every 90s movie. You've got three things or a combination of two that the bad guys do. Everyone. The bad guys are selling drugs, or they're selling weapons, or they got a damn mini disc with some information on it. That's it. That's all there that's all there was to the black markets in the 90s. So maybe one or two exceptions. But you know, in movie world in the 90s, it should have been pretty easy to stop all bad dudes. Number one, just stop printing damn mini discs because every bad guy is pushing around little mini discs. And by the way, remember that mini disc players are a huge failure. Remember, mini disc players. But that's all that's going on in every 90s movie is the bad. You know the bad guy. Okay, is he selling drugs? I mean, in this one, it's weapons. It's weapons. Mixed with high tech. So they got a railgun, right? You've heard A. Jones. You've heard A. Jones talking about railguns. This movie's about railguns. What's a railgun? A pulse gun, an EMP gun. Now, this is real to some degree. I don't know how advanced the Navy's versions of the EMP railgun are, but you can look up on YouTube the railgun and it's this thing that shoots a thing really fast. So, but this is about electromagnetic pulse guns, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, but Arnold's job, let's go back to Arnold's job, is to uh, stage people's deaths. Where have we heard that before? And to put corpses there and remove them to witness protection, save them from the bad guys. So he stages shooting death scenes and then move people to other places. Uh, he even mentions it being stagecraft where he says, this doesn't work without the audience, All right? So he wants the cops to come and everybody to, oh, look, it was a big, uh, you know. So this is the witness protection program. And turns out the witness protection company, WITSEC is a private security protection firm started by an ex-CIA guy, played by James Kahn now the ex CIA guy is connected to the defense firm Cyrez that is building all the crazy weapons, and Vanessa Williams has done uh, got wired up to inform on the company. dude how long has the sound been out when did i how did i do that i don't know yeah the sound got muted somehow damn it now i have to wait for the chat to catch up because i don't know where i got to Sometimes the sun goes round the moon. It's like every time I sing Vanessa Williams, it goes out. I don't know why that went out. That was weird. What uh, What did you guys hear last? Mad Mardigan. Did you hear me talking like Mad Mardigan? Okay, 30 seconds. Right, that's not too bad. So, uh, yeah, Cyres, Defense Corp. It's all connected, NSA, CIA, James Uh It's all connected. NSSA, CIA, James Khan, uh, uh, eventually said, oh, by the way, uh, let me tell you something, Arnold. I'm a former CIA operative guy, and I made a lot of connections selling drugs and weapons when I was doing the CIA thing. And when I went into private security, private defense firm stuff, I just kept all those connections so that I could sell on the international market to the Russian mafia and to the uh, T-E-R-R-R-T-E-R-R-O-R boys. And so, uh, wow, that's actually kind of revelatory. Big private companies outside the purview of government are actually the ones selling to the international rogue elements and it's private companies of people who were in the CIA, NSA, and went to private defense. And they, they run and arm the rogue bad boy networks. Whoa, whoa. And turns out, yes. He says, I am selling weapons with all my old CIA pals. So, pretty revelatory. Pretty revelatory in this movie. by the way this movie is uh more serious arnold does not arnold has a couple one-liners um but it's a more of a serious action thriller plot it's not a lot of goofy and uh, he does have one terrible line where uh (laughs) when they're at the zoo uh, a gigantic alligator is about to eat vanarsa williams and arnold shoots him in the throat and says, now nah you're the luggage. <laughs> um, so, by the way, every 90s movie, as we pointed out in previous streams and shows, has to have the hacker. You got to have a nerdy hacker. There is no nerdy hacker character. Arnold plays the hacker. Right? You got to have a hacking scene. Why in the 90s is everybody so obsessed with hacking? Oh, hacking, dude. Don't fucking hack that motherboard. Don't hack it. Oh, put the code in, dude. Put your code in. Get into the damn Department of Defense, dude. Dial it up. Dude. What are you doing over there? I'm hacking into the Department of Defense, dude. What's the code? 66669, bro. Getting in that motherboard. What are you going to learn? I'm going to change my grades, dude. I'm going to give my C's a B. I'm going to give myself an A and P E. Hacking, dude. Hack. Can you hack? Do you have a hacking skill? What's your skill set? Hacking? Maybe you'll get hired. <laughs> obsessed with hacking. Or rather, the movies wanted us to be obsessed with hacking. Johnny Nemonic, dude. I'm like, Johnny Nemonic. My mind can hack the internet. Where was that? Okay, so he, they hack, and then that's when they they find out what's going on when they hack it. I was like, they're sending the arms to everyone. They're sending it on the internet to the market to the Russian Matthews. Right. And he figures it all out. <laughs> and he, This is the funniest part. I, I take it back. There's some ridiculous stuff in this. It's not as serious as I thought, because he, he says, they're going to sell 1,000 electromagnetic guns down at the harbor. <laughs> They're going to arm the entire networks of the Terra, So they go down to the harbor, and they find the mobsters, literally the Sopranos. Yeah, yeah, you want to, uh, you want that, uh, why do I got to take out fucking James Conn? Huh? Why, why do I got to be the one to take out the James Conn, huh? Why, why is this for me? All right. so they go get Tony Soprano. The mobsters are mad that the private security firm is arming people on their docks because the mobsters control the union, which controls the docks. That's all in the movie. That's pretty, pretty wild. Hackers hacking. Put some prodigy on dude. Heat up a damn hot pocket. We're about to hack the Pentagon, change our grades. Like Matthew Broderick, dude. Ferris Bueller could hack the Pentagon, man. You ever seen War Games? Anyway, so as you can imagine, uh, they foil James Con's private uh, operation. The mobsters help out. They destroy the whole corporation. But because they're a gigantic billion-dollar corporation, they're about to get away with it. And as you can imagine, Arnold saves the day by parking the bad guy's limo. He calls up his mobster friends. Hey, is, I need to talk to Tony Soprano. Is the Tony there? Hey, what, do, uh, what do you need, Arnold? Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, what do you need? Uh, you want me to, uh, you want me to take the fucking limo and put it on the train tracks and uh, make a couple guys uh, disappear like a like a fucking gabagool? Uh, you, you want me to turn these two guys into gabagool? Yes, the gabagool would be great. Turn the guys into the gabagool. <laughs> and he does. And James Conn is kind of dumb if he falls for this. Like, really? Because James Conn tries to blow up Arnold. Arnold knew he was going to do it. And so Arnold puts James Conn's limo on the train tracks. And by the way, in movies, how come train conductor people, they don't ever put the brakes on? <laughs> like, like, train drivers are psychos. They just always go through anything sitting on the track. Do trains not have brakes? I mean, I know, yeah, okay, so they probably have to pull the brakes, you know, five minutes ahead of time. But they don't ever even pull the brakes. It's like, okay, we went through that car, so just keep going, right? I mean, 90s movies, bro. Hey, fucking, uh, you want me to make the guy into the gabagool? Make the guy into the gabagool. Turn the guy into the gabagool. Oh, uh, yeah, okay, I'll turn the guy into the gabagool. I swear, on my life, T, we turned the guy into the gabagool. Hey, did you turn the guy into the fucking gabagool. Tony, we turned him to gabagool. Come on, Tony. <laughs> on my life, T, the guy, he went from being son to zoo to gabagool. That was Christopher, Paulie, and Tony, if you didn't know. So that's the end of Eraser. Uh, revelatory in terms of the plot. Real world stuff going on. They're kind of laying out. I mean, by the way, nobody in the 90s, no, nobody knew what the damn NSA was. Except for people who worked in government. But there were all these movies in the 90s with the NSA in the plot. Which is wild. Uh, Enemy of State. Uh, sneakers. X Files, Eraser, lots of movies would mention the NSA, and I was in the '90s. I know, okay. Hardly anybody. Nobody knew what the damn internet. Nobody knew what the internet was until like even when the internet was new and people were getting dial up. People didn't know what the internet was, right? It's like, oh, what's this? Oh, you go to the library and. Log on and look up Alta Vista, right? Go look up Netscape Navigator and type in, uh, you know, KLF. Uh, you type in your band that you like. Whoa, I found a GeoCities page with a, a dancing baby gift. Right? And it's like. Care about the internet? You get electronic mail, right? That's all anybody thought about. Right? In 1996, 7. You hear about the internet. You think. Oh, yes. Electronic mail. I will get an electronic mail. Whoa, this is so cool. Let me IRC you, right? Within a few years. Oh, get, get internet relay chat, bro. We could chat. All right. Now we're going to come to uh, tonight's climax. Last Action Hero. Now, this one I enjoyed the most of all these. It's not the most revelatory. It's the most weird. It's the most philosophical, we should say. The most conspiratorial will be Eraser, right? The most soy sci fi, Sixth Day. uh, The most cringe, Junior. The most bizarre and philosophical, last action hero. Uh, It's Columbia Pictures. It is a meta treatment.
5: Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, little, Actually a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW, revoid we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.
2: Of satire of the action hero. In late 90s. So Arnold is playing an Arnold in a movie world. Now I've often made jokes, probably unconsciously remember I forgot Running Man. I got the running man too. We'll say running man less for us. Sorry. Um, like what would it be like in movie world right if you lived in movie world like people in movie world they watch so, so you think how come people in movie world like they don't realize what the bad guys do the bad guys always do the same thing that's because in movie world what they watch on TV is us see see how that works so they don't get There's patterns and the bad guys always do the same thing because their fiction, their entertainment tells them that bad guys don't always do the same thing, right? Because they watch what they watch our real world as their fiction. And by the way, if you were in movie world, just go to a damn warehouse because there's always shit going down at a warehouse. There's bad dudes selling drugs. There's bad dudes selling weapons. And there's bad dudes exchanging mini disc players with some kind of crazy information on it. And it's going down to the warehouse, I can tell you right now. So I don't care what movie world city we're in, Raccoon City, Arkham, whatever, wherever we are in this, just go to the damn warehouse. Any of them. Pick any factory. Or warehouse at any given time at night. And there's a damn bad guy doing some stuff there. Probably got a, a babe with a gun through her head or something. And I've thought about that before. And then I forgot that. Oh, actually that kind of stuff comes up in this movie. You go watch Last Action Hero. And it is asking the question. What if we went into movie world And hung out with action heroes. And it gets into really weird layers of meta level questions. So this is, I would argue, actually is a good movie. um, In different senses, right? Not just the entertainment value. It's actually an interesting film. There's interesting questions. And Shane Black is, of course, uh, the uh, screenwriter. Shane Black, as we know, has done many, many uh, conspiracy themed films. And I've covered many of those. Shane Black did the what Lethal Weapons with you know uh, Mel Gibson's character being in the Phoenix program. Uh, he did uh, Long Kiss Goodnight about MKUltra, right? So Shane Black, he he's he knows what's going on when it comes to a lot of stuff. And by the way, Lethal Weapon One is about the CIA and Iran Contra and Coke. So if you don't know that, go watch that. By the way, you can support the show. Thank you to our mods and our wrench-handed people. The little people with the wrenches in the chat. So, we know it's a satire of action, and it's a satire of the American perception of what movies and arts are. That's another element to this movie that I like, which is we notice this when we see the Hamlet references, right? So, we see... Uh, the kid, I forget his name. Uh, he's he sees at school the play Hamlet. Right? He's he he wants to be hanging out with that creepy old dude at the movie theater because he just watches movies all day. He watches Jack Slater action movies uh, at this old rundown theater, and he has to go to school. He's back in school the next day after watching something. and they're they're watching Hamlet. So it's like. America's version of what theater and plays are versus him watching Hamlet, and in his mind he starts to imagine Arnold as Jack Slater being Hamlet, <laughs> and, then, and it's like if Hamlet was an action movie. And so this was actually pretty clever. Uh, Arnold uh, basically machine guns everyone and says, "I don't know to be or not to be," or you know some some stupid line where he turns it into an Arnold phrase. Um, and his teacher says you could look at Hamlet as the first action hero. Um, I can't read my, I can never read my notes. Arnold last action hero. Oh, this was my thought when I'm watching this. If Hamlet is the first action hero, Arnold actually is the last action hero because Hollywood decided this was toxic masculinity. We're not going to have any more action heroes. Exactly. Arnold literally is and would be the last action hero. Now, I mean, there's other action heroes and they've kind of milked this a little bit more with Expendables and this kind of stuff. But even that, right? I mean, that's still kind of the end of the, the uh, Arnold era, right? I mean, the 90s... Was action heroes. And then that genre, for whatever reason, it was done. Yeah, I mean, superhero crap. That's kind of action hero, I guess. But it's not action hero like 90s action heroes, right? Bruce Willis, Van Damme, uh, Sylvester Stallone, Arnold. Uh, That was the draw. That was the blockbuster in the 90s, right? Arnold dominated the 90s. So... Where am I at? Let's see. Okay, so he... Uh, now, in the upstairs, there's some interesting posters that are I think are relevant because uh, the there's a poster of Houdini and there's this ticket that supposedly comes from Houdini uh, that takes you to the movie world. It's a magical ticket and it transports you to this alternate dimension where you're in movie world. Now... Houdini is relevant here because, as we know from Dave McGowan's work, Houdini was actually a secret intelligence operative. <laughs> he was not just a stage sleight of hand magician; he was actually a spy, uh, and he worked at least for Scotland Yard and perhaps for other agencies at the time. I don't remember who. It's in Dave's book. Go read Weird Scenes Inside the Canyon. So already we have the idea that okay, so this is there's more going on here. They're making a big deal about uh, you're referencing Houdini. Um, they even satirized the angry black police chief, which I thought was funny, right? That, that, that was clever to satirize that, uh, Arnold overdoes his one-liners, right? So he's even satirizing his own ridiculous one-liners. There's uh, a lot of odd cameos in the film too. So when they move into movie world, right? The boy obviously steps into movie world through the magic ticket, through the screen, And we're going to start to see that this is actually talking about how youth are programmed and how they understand reality through fiction and movies. This movie is about what I've talked about. It's what my books are about. Okay. This is the Jay's analysis movie here. Uh, But it's about uh, how action movies relate to Jay's analysis type stuff. So, uh, when they're walking into the police department uh, in Movie World, we see Sharon Stone walking out in her Basic Instinct outfit. We see Robert Patrick walking out, uh, the T-1000 or whatever he is, and the kid like notices this and he sees that stupid cartoon cat. I don't know, if, is this from, he looks like the cat from Paul Abdul or whatever. Straight up now, tell me, is it going to be you and me? MC Scat Cat. I mean, I don't know who this cat is, but... Um, The kid is like, whoa, this is all, uh, you know, like it's all one world and everything is a pattern and an archetype. And in this alternate reality, <laughs> when they go to the blockbuster, this part's funny, uh, there's a poster of an Arnold movie and it's Sylvester Stallone in the Arnold movie. Um, They even make the joke about phone numbers being 555 five, five, right? Five 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 five. and so the plot becomes the boy trying to convince jack slater that this is movie world he said, this is not the movie world you know we could i'll take you to the blockbuster you'll see the movies this is not the movies uh in the movie world everything is acme movies right so it's cartoonish it's, it's so it's harkening to cartoon archetypes and patterns and the boy even calls, he says, there's actually no ugly people. Like, you know, there's babes walking around everywhere. And this is because it's movie world, right? Uh, this is before, uh, you know, modern times when <laughs> we have the, the new type of model that exists, right? Uh, and the other interesting element is that he's, his mom is a single mom. Did you notice that? So, with the coming prevalence of the single mom, who becomes the replacement father archetype? here. Why is that? Well, the movie is actually telling you that. Right? And if you paid attention to Jingle All the Way, did you notice that that's what Jingle All the Way is about? Now, you think that's ridiculous. I challenge you. Go watch Jingle All the Way and you will notice that it's about the it's Anakin whatever that kid's name the kid that plays Anakin no. are
5: you an angel
2: right he's he wants this toy because it represents to him masculinity and arnold realizes this and he's but he he puts it out of his mind and the sinbad character right of all people when arnold is standing in line for the consumer junk toy that everybody's going to fight over Sinbad standing behind him and he gives this rant and the rant that Sinbad gives is actually correct. He's like, man, did you know this is a bunch of junk? They're trying to program us with all these damn toys. It's all a bunch of consumers garbage. They're trying to replace the mail. You know, he says all of that's what the movie is about. Right. And it's the, the same thing going on here. Arnold is the replacement father archetype for the missing father of whoever this kid is, right? This is just every kid basically. So the replacement father, and of course we get our bad guy. Now this is where it's going to get interesting because it's going to start stepping into Gnosticism, literally. The replacement bad guy, uh, we're going to have the association between his left eye, which is a fake eye that is a snake reptile eye, And let me see what's my note. See, um, there's an ET reference too, by the way. And eventually, the bad guy starts to realize that he's in a trapped dimension, and he realizes that if he can step into our world, he can utilize all of his powers to rule our world. And so, basically, the bad guy is the Gnostic deity archetype of the Archon, right? He's the evil Jehovah creator according to the Gnostics because everything he wants to do is what the Gnostics view the evil deity is wanting to do. So he wants to come and control this world. He's imprisoned in this other world and he realizes that there's a portal if he can get a hold of this ticket, blah, 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 right? Um... There's parallel spiritual worlds, or you could read it as parallel worlds. And he even states things like, vengeance is mine. So the the phrases the bad guy uses are literally like divine phrases that you'll read in scripture, right? Uh, Let's see. There's a sequence too where we actually see the movies that are on behind the bad guy uh, are indicating what's going on. One of them is called Curse of the Demon. Could be a real movie. I don't know. Um, But in, in the real world, one thing that's interesting that they did was that in almost every sequence of the city streets in the real world, there's movie theaters everywhere. And movies, right, movie titles listed on the marquee everywhere. There's tons of them. Curse of the Demon, Hot Blood, Real World. These are all titles and the movie, it's, in other words, the real world is satire. And the Hollywood world isn't the satire. That's what I've been telling you. That's the whole thesis of my books. Uh, so uh, Shane Black, <laughs> come on my podcast. Maybe we should talk about this. Um, single... America's generation or coming generation of single boys or uh, boys raised by single moms, I should say, uh, are now going to be raised by the Hollywood archetype of the father. Uh, there's a, there's a ref there's references all by the way, all through the movie. I couldn't even keep up with them. There's, there's constant references to other movies, uh, references to Harrison Ford's witness, uh, references to Mozart, night of the living dead references. Um, And then at one point, I don't remember which character it is. I think it's the old, uh, is it the old guy who runs the movie theater? Somebody somebody says, Hollywood is writing our lives. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Now, uh, when the bad guy and Jack Slater step over into this world, the bad guy or somebody says, this world stinks. Right, uh, I forget who it is that says this, but this is where we get into the real obvious Gnostic demiurge element. This world is actually a prison. Um, Arnold meets Arnold. Hey, you're not me. I'm me. Who are you? You're me. Right. This same exchange that we've seen over and over and over, which is bizarre. Um, there's even a reference to Planet Hollywood, which Arnold owned with Bruce Willis. And I don't know if that still exists or if it went out of business or what, but uh, it's just really weird. This parallel, uh, you know, this stuff going on. Um, the eye ironically is the bomb, which is weird at the end. So they have to shoot the eye. It blows up. And then there is a reference to the opening of these portals where re- realities in the movie world all over the place, start stepping into our world. So death from Ingmar Bergman's seventh seal steps into our world and is about to kill Jack Slater. And the kid said, he says something stupid. I don't remember what it is, but uh, you know, please don't kill him or something. And death just like walks off. Right. So, let's see, Ripper. Who's Ripper? Ripper is the real villain, is my note. But I don't remember who Ripper is. Death comes out of the seventh seal. Yeah, so... so It's like the spiritual world is these uh, alternate universes the archetypes of the alternate reality spiritual universe are stepping into our reality through movies through the movies programming our psyche is what the movies saying and then movies are becoming reality so it's surrealist basically is what i'm trying to say but in a weird esoteric way uh, and so the hero has to kill the hero archetype The Demiurge Satan character is then defeated. And then we get the death of the father and the resurrection in the son. So the archetype, the fictional archetype character that Jack Slater represents actually does eventually have to die. And that's what allows the young guy to mature, to grow up. Um, and then of course, I think there's the alternate sort of esoteric element of Arnold and multiple Arnold's. Like, why are we always seeing multiple Arnold's? Does Arnold have multiples? I don't know, but, uh, that's what is going on with last action hero. So it functions as a satire, a meta analysis breaks the fourth wall consistently. And it's also a kind of Gnostic liberation message. I would argue, what do you guys think? Did I miss anything on, uh, last action hero I think I'm right on that because it's almost always now you say wait a minute there's no MK No, really remember Shane Black has done multiple screenplays about MKUltra explicitly mentioned long kiss goodnight so yes I'm correct and by the way didn't we just see in our last movie stream Miles Copeland directing or producing ridiculous B sci-fi movies So, my entire thesis of my books, all vindicated. I'm just learning new facts that vindicate my initial intuitions and impressions and theories. All right, so we're going to close with Running Man. As I said, Running Man is taking place in the now. I mean, in terms of the story. right? The story is telling us that Running Man is 2017, 2017, there's a uh, collapse of society. This one is rife with uh, Arnold's grunts and squeals and yelling and uh, terrible one-liners. The variations on, get down, shit! You know, this kind of stuff. All through the movie. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Also, our good friend Jesse Ventura. I'm joking. I've never met Jesse Ventura. But old Jesse shows up in this in a cameo in a sequence where there's an entirely fake news scene created all fake and we're also going to be dealing with the themes of mind control so if you remember hunger games this is basically the 80s version of hunger games okay if you've never seen running man definitely go watch it 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 is a key piece of 80s prediction it's a it's uh as a movie it's pretty good uh, it's probably the best of the sci-fi that we've. I mean, it's definitely better than Six Day. Um, had a had a good anti-dystopian message. Predicted a lot of where we are now. And originally, this is I think a Stephen King story, but it bears no real resemblance to the Stephen King version of the story. So it's it's a different thing. Again, it's basically '80s Hunger Game Hunger Games with Arnold. And it reads at the beginning, by the by 2017, the world economy has has collapsed. Food, natural resources, and oil are in short supply. A police state has been enacted. Divided up into paramilitary zones, uh, these police ru- rule the, the land with an iron hand. Television is controlled by the state. And a sadistic game show called The Running Man rules all. So everybody's obsessed with this stupid reality show. Reality, reality show. It's a reality TV show called The Running Man, where everybody just watches everybody like run for their life. It's like where they probably want to take Survivor and these kind of stupid shows, right? Now, a couple of years ago, we mentioned it on a on a boiler room. There was going to be, uh, I don't I don't know if it ever came about, but there was going to be a show, literally like this, where. Uh, it was going to be a global televised show where people literally were on the run to survive. I guess they ran into you know issues of legality. I don't know, but I mean, there will probably be something like this eventually, I would imagine. I don't know, but in this dystopian story, uh, it is. And I even mentioned the fact that, you know, we've been told for a long time that An economic collapse could potentially bring in this kind of stuff. Uh, Here we are. Great reset. Now, is this to bring in the, I don't know, maybe? Is it a preparatory thing for that? Maybe? We'll see. Um, but basically the U S is divided up into FEMA regions. Uh, it is controlled by a technocratic elite using gladiatorial spectacle games to make everybody obsessed with this stupid, uh, reality show. And nobody has any empathy for anyone else. The other thing that's weird is that, uh, this is 1987, I think it's, yeah, 87. Now, you get back into the 80s, nobody knew about the internet in the 80s, okay? It was in a few movies. But Arnold gets on the infonet and he orders plane tickets. And he uses a keyboard and a a monitor to order his plane tickets on the infonet. It even says infonet. That is pretty wild. In 1987, a reality show. Hmm. Now it turns out that the stars of the reality show become kind of like gladiators, and they win the lottery. Right? If, if you if you get picked, it's winning the lottery, but actually you're just on the run, and you're you, basically you're not going to survive because the game is rigged. That's the other thing we learned is that the game is rigged and the corporation that runs this big, you know, media empire that's beaming all this stuff out is, uh, not going to let you win. And there's some interesting, um, <laughs> posters in the background at the, the, uh, studios. Uh, if you paid attention, <laughs> uh, there's one called the hate boat. of the love boat, there's one called climbing for dollars. There's one called Pain American Style, right? So these are Take Off on Love Boat, Take Off on Love American Style. Uh, I like Climbing for Dollars. That that one's fun, right? Uh, Celebrity Zillions. That's what makes me think of But I would like to watch the show Climbing for Dollars. Anyway, as you can imagine, uh, Arnold confronts the bad guy after a bunch of running and he fights a big guy covered in light, bright, they all have these sort of gladiatorial characters that people are into, like oh, you know, the, the he's the opera singer, I think is what he is, because he he sings opera before he kills you with a chainsaw. Um, anyway, Arnold eventually confronts the, the the bad guy, Damon, Damon Killian. And he says, the dastardly network head explains that everything that he's doing is what the people want. So so there's this there's this speech that he gives, and he says, why are you mad at me? He says I'm just a good libertarian giving everybody what they want. But what this movie shows is what every libertarian ought to recognize, which is that it's not just a matter of giving people what they want because the mega corporations can also engineer people to be base, to be demoralized and to you to tell them what they want. That's the problem here. And so the movie is a good um, expose of infotainment and brutalization through the media. I mean, infotainment in the bad way, right? I mean, we're doing infotainment right here, right? But We're doing it in a healthy way, hopefully. Uh, and in this setting, again... We have an accurate prediction of what pop culture would do to society and the kind of uh, degeneracy that it would bring about. And it was actually pretty accurate. So, uh, quite a bit to, to think about, uh, last action hero was our best film. Eraser was the most revelatory in terms of like deep state, uh, that kind of stuff. um, and then Running Man, the most predictive in terms of the dystopian elements. Let's read these super chats. We've gone for almost two hours. And we got Jethro for $10. He says, I stay in my jacuzzi and smoke the stogies. I need to hide like, I don't need to hide like you. Right? And you say, thank you for the content. Well, thank you, Jethro, for that $10. Much appreciated. Mr. Ham, $10. What do you think about the OCA? Do you have any advice for going to an Orthodox church for the first time? Um, There are a lot of good OCA parishes, but there are also some problematic ones. So uh, I can't give you a blanket statement. You'll have to go check them out and see. uh, But I do not (laughs) attend an OCA church. Um, Jair Bear 375, no comment. You have no comment because you have nothing to say because you have no brain. The brain is empty up there. It's like a a big vacuum with nothing in there but the airs. Val Kilmer, look at that. One dollar and one cents. Mad Mardigan being stingy as freak. I stole the baby from a stupid Daikini while he was taking a pee pee. That's all I have for you for one dollar. Autistic Spectrum Warrior. Five dollars. When science can weld Neil Badonkadonk Tyson into Arnold's stomach and Gil Bates on his shoulders. Humanity will be liberated from the bonds of superstition. Yes. That's now we're talking. Now we're talking real transhumanism. That's what I want to see. I want to see everybody welded together into a big John Carpenter style blob. Then we'll be free. Real Cooter Brown. Five dollars. I just dropped in to send a super chat. Well, that's why we want you to drop in. Thank you so much for supporting the work. Cooter Brown. Looking forward to catching this one on the stream. Well, if you listen to it, which is fine. You won't get to see all my gesticulations. And what did the guy say at the beginning of the show? Losing his mind. Yes. You won't get to see me having a mental breakdown. Pravo at $1.27. Uh-oh, we got another high roller. I found you because of a Russian philosophy linguistic streamer from UCLA. A Russian philosophy linguistic streamer from UCLA. That's that's definitely a unique character. I don't know who that is. Uh, I know one guy who knows Russian, Mark Hackard, but he is not from UCLA. And he does not do live streams. One hour ago, he talked about you debating JF. Cool beans. He would like to argue with you about logic. Uh oh. Um I guess uh I don't know who this person is. You said he he is nicknamed Uber Marginal. So he's not Uber Marginal, he's Uber Marginal. is he the Russian version of Tim Allen? Uh I don't like Tim Allen's jokes. So I'm just making a joke. Tim Allen is not very funny. But uh, I don't know. Uber marginal can come to the Discord and he can debate there. David G for five dollars. I'm a fan. I learn a lot. Keep up the good fight. Was acting stupid earlier. Oh, I'm sorry. I guess I'll have to unban you then, David G, because I can never tell. Because I'm an autistic spectrum warrior. When people are being jerks, being D-bags, and when they're being cool. So, uh, this is the Tristan strategy, right? You ban people so that they'll send a super chat to get unbanned. I'm just going to start banning everybody in the chat. Then everybody will send me a super chat and I will be able to pay my bills. So, uh, I'll go back, David G. And I'll unban you. You were talking that smack, though. I'm talking that smack, boy. Ashley Christine, five dollars. Jay, I attended an Orthodox church Sunday for the first time, and I mentioned you to the priest. A guy overheard me and said that there was another guy who attends who is also a fan of your material. The priest knew who you were. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> well, that's cool. Uh, I hope. Hopefully, it's not going to be uh, a bad report. Right. Hopefully, the report card, the review, hopefully, the Yelp review of me won't be bad and he won't say that I stank. Jay's got some stank on him. You're the guy with the stank. You got the stank of the stogie. There's a guy that doesn't the stank on him and he has the stank of the stogie.
3: Everyone ought to have a cigar. So I tried it. Well, the rest is history. <laughs> Still smoking stogies. Smoking stogies. He introduced me to something really good, and I know now the next question. Knowing you,
2: uh, the uh, interviewer that you are, you got to dig deep. Digging in deep all the, time, deep all the time. You, say now, you will say now. Your what does the wife think about this?
3: Let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. When? When? My wife's father has introduced me, me to stogies. What is she gonna What is she gonna say? What is she gonna say? She's not gonna say my She's not gonna say nothing. mistake because her father never makes a mistake. Her father never makes a
2: mistake. So, her father, the papacy, is infallible.
3: It is okay. I can smoke stogies around her. I can smoke stogies in my house. First of all, because her father introduced me to stogies, and second of all, because I'm a stud. Not like you. I'm ballsy. I'm ballsy. I don't take no shit from
2: anyone. <laughs> I smoke my stogie anywhere I want. I don't have to find a hideout place like go you. Go <laughs> There you go. I know everybody wanted that again. Ashley Christine for $2. The priest said that you bring a lot of people to the church. I'm a non-denominational Christian, but that might change soon. Well, yes, we hope so. Uh, glad to hear it. I hope you had a good experience. And uh, maybe uh, if you've not seen the video that I did critiquing the evangelical sphere, I have a video called uh, Critique of Protestant uh, Protestantism and Evangelicalism. All right. We had a lot of fun. We've gone for about two hours. Uh, thank you, everybody. Uh, much appreciated on those super chats. It was fun. Um, always fun, right? Doing these goofy Arnold's. They never get old and they, they're they much funnier than they were in the 90s. I didn't realize. Right. So uh, coming up soon. Again, I know I'm late on my uh, subscriber content. I apologize to you guys. I'm trying to work on a book. Books are a tremendous amount of work. Because this isn't like a free-flowing movie book where I, you know, spout out my ideas on movies. This is a more philosophical text, and it's taking me forever. So I will have the uh, next subscriber's talk up, hopefully in the next couple days. That's my goal. But thank you for your patience. And you can support my work by subscribing at the link in the show description to the website. Uh, We don't know, you know, what's going to happen could disappear from internet platforms at any time uh and uh if you want to support me you can also buy these books at my website in the shop you get signed copies every day people say do you still have signed copies always bro always you're supposed to be the one to buy the signed copies go shopping with the best you are you are supposed to be the one to buy the jay's books you're supposed to be the one to buy the jay's books otherwise i will make you eat the stogie instead of a hot dog bun to
5: be